Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45 minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment. So you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal valid when product served. Tonight, it's the biggest night of the year for podcast fans. Our 2021 iHeartRadio Podcast Awards. These are really some of the best and brightest and smartest and most compelling minds in the country. Celebrate the podcasts we've leaned on for laughs, headlines, stories to get our adrenaline pumping, and voices to comfort us. This is a huge honor. We did it! Thank you to my listeners, because without them, this wouldn't happen. Don't miss our 2021 iHeartRadio Podcast Awards. Watch on iHeartRadio's YouTube and Facebook, and listen on our iHeartRadio app. Tonight at 9 p.m. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And welcome to episode number 31 of the LSR podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry. I've got with me Dustin Gowker. I've got with me Adam Candy. And we are going to run through all of the news this week and some news that just came down right before we get to taping this podcast that will change the face of gaming yet again here for as we add another state into the fold here. Guys, uh, before we get going here i um want to say that we are welcoming in all of our new listeners appreciate you guys that are just finding the podcast for the new distribution channels that we have going on so please subscribe rate and review any of the platforms that you're listening on Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you guys and the five-star reviews are certainly the best for us here at lsp report if you want to follow on the twitter machine Dustin, let's get things up and going here. We have, I mean, this was something you kind of, you guys at LSR were on top of yesterday, but it is official. We have a new state in the fold. Almost official, I'll say. Governor still has to sign it, but Michigan is going to legalize just about every form of online gambling on the planet, uh, including sports betting, online poker, online casino, even daily fantasy sports, which wasn't actually illegal in Michigan. But they, the uh, Senate and House are passing, even as we speak, all of those that legislation. Governor is expected to sign it as soon as next week. And then, yeah, sometime in 2020, it appears we will have online gambling of all sorts in Michigan. So if you're in that state, rejoice. How did this come about so quickly? I mean, I know that we have been keeping in touch with Michigan. We have a great source there. And you guys at at LSR have had tons of interviews and certainly have gotten a bunch of opinions here. But this seems to have come about uh, pretty quickly here. 
Yeah, it's, I think a part of it's because they did a lot of the heavy lifting last year. If you remember correctly, Michigan uh, actually passed all passed uh, sports betting last year. They've been working on online gambling in parallel for a while. It passed it all the way to the governor, who actually ended up vetoing it. Uh, Flash, fast forward to this year, new governor, um, the uh, a key state senator who's been a been on gaming issues, Senator Hurdle, and that's in Michigan. Uh, actually, knows the governor, and and it seems really kind of smooth the way for the governor to be okay with everything that's going on here. So everybody got on the same page. It actually it still came together pretty quickly. You're right. Uh, I don't think there we had a great sense that this was actually going to get a, be a done deal this year. I think we we're a lot of us were were thinking next year, but uh, yeah, everything did come together. Um, let's Legislature's wrapping up, uh, and it looks like the law will be signed and delivered before Christmas. Adam, we have, you know, kind of ranked these bills. Of course, we're happy when anything gets passed. We say, you know, it's better to have something than nothing, and you can always change how the things are structured and how things are worded. It's uh, just the getting over the hump that we are always kind of waiting on. But how do we like this bill? How do you shape this thing up? What do you give this as far as if you were grading this thing? I would give this bill a pretty solid A minus to B plus. I mean, there are a lot of things in here that I think uh, are going to encourage growth in Michigan. I mean, you're obviously dealing with an enormous population, sports crazed in terms of pro and college. Uh, You're looking at a tax rate of 8.4 on adjusted receipts. That's right in line with what we've seen in other successful jurisdictions like uh, that's New Jersey's uh, retail rate. Uh, you're talking about $50,000 for the initial application, $100,000 for a license fee, $50,000 renewal. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, one internet sports betting platform per operator. Again, we've seen that uh, as something authorized in Colorado recently. Uh, you know that New Jersey obviously allows for up to three per operator. So that's a little bit more of an open model, but this is certainly a bill that overall, I think that the sports betting industry is going to line up behind and say, if we could get this in other States, we'd be pretty happy. And I guess it doesn't go without saying here. I mean, we do have, you know, we do have Ohio bordering uh, Michigan as well. I mean, Toledo is right there on the border. So that would be a very quick drive for them to kind of get a little bit a little bit of that business as well as Ohio still sits out there and lets all of its bordering states legalize while they do not have anything. So I'm sure Michigan will take advantage of that as well. Dustin, I think one of the things we should point out, I mean, people of longtime listeners of the podcast are well aware of how online poker works and that it's not going to be like the heyday from, you know, a dozen years ago. But I think we should go ahead and point out that, you know, with the way that poker is currently operated, it is, Basically, you know, it is basically just within the state's borders. They can do some sort of comp- compacts and whatnot, but uh, it's it's certainly not like, oh, there's going to be on Internet poker. And if I'm living in Detroit, I can be- think that I'm going to start playing the Sunday Million on Poker Stars again. Right. That's the one. That's what we always fight against. People don't seem to realize like, oh, online poker legalized in Michigan does not mean, yeah, you're playing against the rest of the world, that you're suddenly back in the online poker heyday pre Black Friday or even after that. You you are going to be only playing against people in Michigan if you play online poker and and there's uh, right now, as we're reading it, there's some question whether they can even compact with other states like you see New Jersey, Nevada and Delaware. They all compact together to allow players across state borders. Uh, Pennsylvania has not yet joined that, even though they have online poker as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of questions there uh, back on the sports betting piece. I'm with Adam. It's it's a pretty good bill. I mean, I think we we're constantly against the uh, the uh, official league data part of these sports betting bills that's in this. Um, but it's better than a quote unquote royalty fee 
where you're just paying the sports uh, the, the the sports leagues for existing here. You're paying them or making sure that you're using uh, uh, real data data that's approved by the leagues. Which again, I don't we we constantly battle about whether that's really needed or not but that's in there so not great uh the online casino the the taxes are are pretty high as well online pokers they're higher than sports betting the taxes there are pretty reasonable for sports but higher for a casino not quite as bad as pennsylvania which we always talk about on here too so there's there's a lot to like in here and again like uh like adam said there's lots of uh, lots of possible operators there's three commercial casinos 23 potential tribal casinos that could be involved and we, we don't have a whole lot of sense of how this will all shake out for partnerships, but uh, it does look good at least for having uh, some robust competition. And yeah, I probably should have. Uh, I probably should have included that caveat in there as to why I was giving the bill a uh, a B plus is because of that official league data. Uh, that's definitely the one piece that I don't think operators are going to feel particularly good about because those have been handled much better through commercial agreements than through legal mandates. Yeah, that's the, that's the crazy part about this is that we've seen this work commercially, right? We don't. There's not really a need for mandating it via a state law. We like just about every operator is doing these deals when they're doing some kind of robust in-play product. So it's kind of like almost archaic. It's just, you know, again, I think the leagues just want, uh, you know, want some uh, intellectual property measure in there that says, hey, you got to do this with us, or they're getting some kind of win out of it, at least, I guess. And Adam, for our listeners in Lansing and people listening in Kalamazoo and and over there in Ann Arbor and Grand Rapids, I assume, and we don't know, it's obviously very, very early here, but just the way things are laid out, I they can assume to probably see a, a good bit of the brands that we are seeing, let's just say, in New Jersey, these brands that have kind of started to establish themselves as the market leaders. You will see some. There's uh, there's no question about that because of the inclusion of the one Internet sports betting platform per operator. You know, Michigan has three commercial casinos, 23 tribal casinos. You obviously are not likely to see the mobile aspect when it comes to the tribal casinos. Those are uh, those are entities that do not feel particularly good about mobile. They want people on property. But yes, you can expect that the major brands that you've seen elsewhere, the DraftKings and FanDuel of the world should be involved in this. And the one you can really, I was going to say, the one you can lock up is MGM. They have one of those three casinos that are in Detroit. So we, we know they will be in there with, they, they already operate uh, online sports betting and online casino in New Jersey, uh, have grant, plans to do that everywhere where they can. And th- that'll be a big part of their, uh, what they want to do in Michigan as well. And doesn't, as we've seen with a bunch of these states that have, you know, p- passed bills and launched and every time they throw out any sort of date, I can only assume that the target date for Michigan would be at least sometime before football season in 2020, right? Yeah, given given everything we've seen in other states, like I don't think we're going to see like yeah instantaneous that you're going to be betting before the Super Bowl, uh, especially not online. I, I find that hard to believe, but it does seem like sometime in 2020 it would be a reasonable timeline to say we'll have some sort of online betting in in Michigan live. All right, Adam, let's take a look here at, I mean, we, we love numbers here on the podcast. The numbers are something that we always love to bring up to our listeners. And I mean, because frankly, these numbers have been pretty crazy. I mean, they've gotten real big, real fast all over the place here. And we have hit a milestone as far as betting revenue. We did just hit the 1 billion with a B mark in sports betting revenue since the fall of PASPA. And for anybody who's new to the podcast, you mentioned some of the new listeners we might be bringing in. It's important to understand the difference 
between handle and revenue, we hit the one billion mark in handle quite a long time ago. Uh, but in terms of revenue, the amount that has actually been earned and uh, the amount that we're basing the tax that comes into states off the legal sports betting, then this is what we're basing it on. So the $1 billion mark, and that's with a market across the country that is so very far from mature. I mean, you're looking at only New Jersey really being a full mobile market at total maturity. Pennsylvania is really still ramping up to get to that point. And of course, you have the uh, the old granddaddy of them all with Nevada. Dustin, I guess it's important to point out here that the majority of that number is coming from Nevada and New Jersey, as Adam mentioned, kind of the the two biggies there. I mean, that is it looks to me on my quick math here looks to be like right at or well over kind of three quarters of that number. Yeah, that's a big part of it for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm, I think we're right, right around 800 million of that 1 billion is is coming from Nevada and Jersey. Also important to note that this is mostly online. You know, we already see most of these states where online is is getting live, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, uh, where, where, you know, 60, 70, 80 percent in any given month can be coming from online. Nevada, a little bit. We don't have the exact data. We understand certainly, you know, 50, 60 percent somewhere in there, uh, less open market than others. But so much of this this handle and revenue is coming online. And that's why, you know, you look at states where Michigan, like if you if you're only passing bills that allow or laws that allow for land-based uh, sports betting you're really missing the boat you can see you can see on our list of states so when you go to the revenue page at LSR um, if you only have retail sports books you're you're not doing very well in terms of revenue we'll drop the link to that page in the description here if you want to take a look at that page on uh, LSR so be sure and take a look at that we'll uh, have the revenue page link in in the uh, in the description below so it's uh, pretty interesting stuff I mean I was actually just scrolling through as you were talking I mean just to kind of see the the leaps and bounds that the revenue has grown just in New Jersey alone it kind of makes you wish we would just send this send this revenue page out to all the lawmakers across these other states and say, hey, do you see how this has worked over in New Jersey? Maybe you should uh, take a look at this and and just kind of go about it this way. I mean, we're talking, you know, going from, you know, revenues of of 23 million in September of 2018 to 46 million in October of 2019. I mean, just just absolutely staggering the, the differences in the revenue in these in the in, especially over in New Jersey. Yeah, New York uh, with a whopping five million of that with their four with their uh, four commercial casino sports books and no online <laughs> betting. No, no, no better example of that than New York, where uh, you're just not going to see much revenue that anybody cares about unless you legalize online. Adam, we have uh, talked about Rhode Island several times here on the pod. Some good, some bad. It seems like we're heading back towards the bad here. Well, in Rhode Island, the biggest issue that we have is that. Mobile is not really mobile because Rhode Island began its law last year and immediately saw that just having retail sports betting at the two Twin River casinos was not going to cut it. I mean, there there are stories anecdotally of folks barely able to get their wagers down because the demand was so high. So to the Rhode Island legislature's credit, it came back this year and approved mobile sports betting, but it's still put an in-person registration requirement on that. So looking at the October handle for Rhode Island sports betting, you see that it grew to $28 million. That's fantastic. Mobile handle did grow. It still only accounts for 20.7% 
of all of handle in October. Now compare that to New Jersey where it's at 85%, Pennsylvania where it's over 80%, and you see that the requirement to activate your account in person is really slowing down Rhode Island. Let me give you some more numbers that go along with that. There have been a total of 17,199 registrations on the Sportsbook app that's operated through the Rhode Island Lottery. Of those downloads, 7,834 people have actually gone to the casino to complete their registration process. So just about 45% of people have completed the process. That's highly inefficient, and you're talking about thousands of people who could be wagering, who's obviously shown the initiative to download the app, not actually going to the casino to finish the in-person requirement. So, you know, it's, it's another example of what we talk about about how robust the Know Your Customer checks really are online these days, how it's worked just fine in New Jersey up until this point, and how it's worked uh, for Pennsylvania as well. So, you know, Nevada continues to have that requirement for in-person sign-up. That certainly slows down its mobile handle, and we're seeing it to an outsized degree in Rhode Island. Yeah, Dustin, I, I think, you know, we keep beating the drum for this, but I think one of the things that we really need to point out is, and Adam's, Adam's stats right there basically show it, it takes out the spontaneity and any sort of just kind of like on a whim sign up. Like someone might be watching the game and go, man, I would really actually like to bet on this game or that, you know, they see the commercial that Sunday night football is about to start and they go, oh, you know what? I'd really like to do that. They download the app. They get ready to go. And they're like, oh, never mind. I've got to go to the casino here. We're so accustomed to being able to do every single thing online. I mean, like, I mean, we all I purchased basically 95% of the things that I own in life now online. Amazon makes a delivery to my house pretty much like seven <laughs> days a week at this point. You know, I mean, we're, we're sitting there. So we're so accustomed to being able to just put our information in real quick, buy something or purchase something or sign up for something or whatever it might be online. And it seems like with those stats, Adam just, just put out there that, yeah, I mean, this is what people want to be doing. It seems like they have shown that, Oh, I'm going to bet on this, or I want to bet on this. I don't think there's a lot of people who are just downloading the app just to browse around. Do you? Yeah, not so much. They, they want to do it. And then they say, Oh, well, I can't actually do this. That, that this th just think about, yeah, what you said, uh, the culture we live in today, like, so you say it's not such a big deal to go drive to casino, but yeah, we think about if all internet commerce depended on you going to a physical place to create an account. That's just nonsense logic to me. Like there's no reason that you should be going to a sports book uh, to or a casino to actually sign up for an online sports book. That's just nonsense. Like Adam said, KYC is is just fine. You don't need to, to validate people in person. You can do it virtually just as well. So that that's a that's yeah. To me, it just it's just an absolute idiocy to be doing that still in year 2019. The other part of this is you know as a part from the in person reg is just that Rhode Island again is a monopoly run by the lottery through these two casinos and I think that's an example of oh Rhode Island says oh we have a monopoly we don't have to try that hard people are just going to get to our sports betting product that's not been a recipe for success at all clearly they they're not really uh, you know in other states everybody's really aggressively marketing their products the competition is is really is increasing how much people are betting and how much how many people are actually signing up in Rhode Island, you have no, none of the momentum. So I, th I think the other piece of this is the monopoly. That's just not really driving any kind of, of real meaningful traffic to Rhode Island. Like eight, again, eight, I know Rhode Island's a small state, but you're not that far from Boston. Um, 8,000 people is just a ridiculous number, even in a small state as Rhode Island. Yeah. I mean, the, the monopoly thing is, is so in incredibly huge. And 
basically what it does is it stifles innovation, right? I mean, there's no reason to make anything better, make things work better, make things function properly, make, you know, give competitive, uh, you know, whatever it might be, bonuses and all this stuff. I mean, that is why, you know, I say it so incredibly often, but I mean, I sit back and look at, at what's going on in Pennsylvania and what's going on in, in, in uh, New Jersey with so much envy because there is an incredible amount of competition that's going on to, get you to not only sign up for these sites, but also retention. I mean, they are giving you, oh, here's, you know, make this bet and we'll give you $10 in credits for this bet and whatever. And that's not just for new signups. That's even after you've signed up. And so they're trying to keep you on board. They're fighting for your business. And when there's no one else in the sandbox there, then there's no, there's no real reason for that. Yes. Same things happen to me here in Oregon. Like I like the product. I like to bet and I'm going to continue to bet, but there is zero signup bonuses. There's zero retention off, off, offerings. There's not a whole lot in the way of marketing. I'd say it's probably, it might be better than in Rhode Island, but there's a lot like, again, Oregon monopoly run through the lottery here. And it's the same thing. Like, uh, I think they're just, you're just not poised for success if you're not actively trying to co get people to use your product. And again, competition and those kind of offers. And yeah, you're just going to, you're just going to lose people by just by impetus. If you're not actively trying to retain them. Absolutely. I agree 100 percent. And I think some of these states, maybe along the lines, it might take a while, but they will certainly begin to kind of see that that's the case. Adam, more numbers here coming out of Indiana for the month of November. So now let's talk about a state that seems to be understanding how a good mobile market should work. The state of Indiana saw its sports betting handle jump 60 percent last month to 147 million in November. And why is that significant? Because $96.2 million of that money came from mobile, 65%. Keep in mind, Indiana launched barely before NFL season this year. So not only do you have statewide mobile in Indiana, you also have retail locations within a short drive. And I mean like a 20 to 30 minute drive of Chicago. So you can be from Illinois over the border to Indiana to place a mobile sports bet or a retail sports bet as quickly as you would like to. So I think you see where a very robust mix of retail and mobile has the potential to work well in the state of Indiana. And this is a bill that I believe the industry had a pretty good amount of influence in, in getting it written and getting it passed. It was a tricky passage this year for this bill, but uh, the market is certainly bearing out the fact that there's a big appetite in Indiana, but there's an even bigger appetite in the city of Chicago where Illinois passed uh, this very serpentine uh, sports betting law that is going to take quite a while to, to shake out. And for now, those betters appear to be going to Indiana. And I know that you were as this passed. I know you were definitely a fan of this. And certainly I think that we all kind of saw how this would definitely affect that state that some of that, you know, a city as big as Chicago and as close to the border as Chicago would kind of play into this. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if we're getting the actual, you know, amount of people that are from that are from Chicago that are that are going across the border there. But just anecdotally uh, seeing and talking to people seems like it is just a, an enormous amount of people. So I can give you the retail numbers that kind of bear this out because Horseshoe Hammond, which is the casino that's less than 20 miles from downtown Chicago, had the most retail handle with $13 million. And that was by far 
the most successful book. So the other uh, interesting piece of this, the second most successful book in terms of retail was Hollywood Lawrenceburg which happens to be less than a half hour from downtown Cincinnati. So you're feeling it on the other side from Ohio as well. And in Ohio, we're going to, as we said, Toledo, pe- Toledo people are going to be heading to Michigan. So they're just going to be sending people out of state left and right in order. In, uh, trying I'm, to- I'm really impressed with Matt's uh, knowledge of Midwest uh, geography. Honestly, he, he's just ripping off uh, city names like he's he's lived there all his life. It is. Guys, listen, here's the thing with all of uh, with all these maps and things that are going on with all the sports betting stuff. I am having to familiarize myself with an area of the country that I got. I fully admit and was completely, completely lost in. I mean, I know the West pretty well. I know the East, certainly know the South. But, man, that whole area where everything is going on right now, I had to do a deep dive into where what states border which and what where cities are located within states and, and all that. I, I am at least somewhat up to date on kind of where that is, but uh, don't quiz me because I, I would probably still fail. Yeah, I'm I am seriously impressed with the amount of uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego you played over like the last year just to get up to speed on this. I, I, I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. Listen, I might not know all the ins and outs of all of the laws like you guys do and all of the bills, but I'll do my part by keeping people up to uh, up to speed on where these things, where these cities and where people are located going on. here. We need, a, we need a Carmen San Diego drop in there. Get that in there. There we go. There, there we go. We'll have to. We'll have to the get world. That. <laughs> Everybody played that game, by the way. We all played that oh, game, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was like we don't Oregon need to drop Trail. Dust saying it. I just saying it. You can just record that and just put it in every time. <laughs> we'll keep that one. We'll keep that one. We'll just play that all the time. Uh, <laughs> Dustin, talk to us about Missouri. Yeah, uh, legislative effort back on the table there. Um, it's notable in that we have seen the return of the integrity slash royalty fee that the leagues want. Um, this has been the worst policy decision that anybody's tried to make. Uh, luckily, nobody has actually passed a a law that has a, a, a percentage of handle or of revenue going to the leagues just for existing, which is what this is every time we see it crop up. It's it's basically been beat down every time a league gets it uh, introduced via a lawmaker. So uh, I don't have a problem with, again, I don't think I have a huge problem with leagues getting money if they're providing something in return. The, the royalty fee you know, continues to be Give us money for existing uh, sports betting wouldn't happen without us. Like, OK, great. But like, that's the same as just giving, uh, you know, it's just a private tax that has no bearing on anything. So it, it angers me that I'm st- we're still seeing this. You know, I don't know what the prospects of it are in Missouri. Uh, I would like to hope that this will die eventually. We're going to see it again in New York. Um, uh, it was it was part of legislation that seemed to have widespread support before it didn't actually make the the final cut last year. We'll see it uh, probably resurface again. But the league's still looking for that first victory on integrity slash royalty fees. Boy, the this is just it, we think every time we think it's just going to go away. Right. I mean, it just it, it just pops back up some way, shape or form. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's crazy. You think they've you, how many losses the leagues have taken on this? You think they just quit, but <laughs> they, 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 they want it so badly. They, they don't even care about the money. The money is a piddling amount of money to them. They want they just want um, they want to win. They want to win and they want people to say, oh, there's. There's intellectual property in our in our in our games. And you have to if you use our games for any other secondary purpose, you should pay us for it. That's what they want. Man, this is just something we will continue to have to deal with. I'm sure all through 2020 and maybe even into 2021 and 2022. And 
But uh, I, I, at least these states so far have held relatively strong with all of this. And we're not having to kind of like have to uh, really deal with all of that. Like every single time we talk about a new state. So hopefully Missouri is not going to uh, fall to that here. And finally, let's wrap things up with talking about Tennessee. And Dustin, this was something you brought to our attention that came through, uh, I guess, at some point today. I was pretty taken aback by this it seems like somebody was not well informed along the way when they were putting this together yeah i can't see you right now but i presume you're you're having a twitch in your eye uh, as you as you read this there's a there's a draft tennessee sports betting regulation about parlays that says you know I'll quote this if there is a tie push in one event of the parlay, one leg would be unsuccessful. Therefore, the parlay would be deemed a loss. Now, all of us here who have bet parlays and are experienced bettors realize that this is not at all the standard in how parlays work. If you push, if you push any of them or they're canceled, then they just are taken out of the parlay. You get the reduced payout. So this would be a pretty crazy way to handle parlays in Tennessee. We're, we're hoping that that cooler heads will prevail and that they'll get on the get with the program of how parlays usually work. But but to see this in their regulations is a sign that uh, something is going wrong there. Now, Adam, there's like a little known fact that if uh, you know that here in Nevada on on teasers, well, if you play a teaser and this doesn't this is actually just the, the opposite of what we've got going on here in Tennessee, if you play a teaser in Nevada and one leg of your teaser pushes, even if you lose the other leg, it is a push. So because uh, according to Nevada law, there's no such thing as a one leg teaser. So therefore, the bet never could have possibly taken place if one of the legs pushes. So there's no such thing as a one leg teaser. And so like you can actually lose one side of your bet and still push your bet here. And now we're seeing Tennessee coming here and trying to say a parlay where, I mean, if you push and then win would still equal a loss like Adam, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that somehow, some way that this is going to get changed. I would like to join you out on that limb, except all of the branches in Tennessee seem to break way too easily. (laughs) Uh, This has been one of the weirdest and worst processes for putting together a bill that we've seen all the way along the process. Tennessee has screwed this up from start to finish, and I wouldn't expect them to stop now. So if this were to stick in the regulations, It wouldn't be particularly surprising. Just about the only thing that Tennessee has done that will be at least an interesting experiment is going completely mobile because there are no casinos. So it's online only in the state. Pretty much everything else is garbage when it comes to Tennessee. They screwed up the tax rate. They screwed up the way they were doing the amount of operators. Uh, Not quite as badly as Illinois, but uh, Tennessee definitely... uh, comes in the number two spot for worst bills in 2019. <laughs> uh, the only thing, I guess, that the only thing about Tennessee, Dustin, that we were saying that we that was at least somewhat that we were looking forward to was just the fact that it was a state that doesn't have actually any casinos and they were just allowing online only. So at least they took that step. But past that, it seems like everything else has been kind of a head scratcher. 
Yeah, it's uh, like Adam said, not been great at all. Um, you know, the open online part of it is is by far the best part of it. Uh, not tying it to brick and mortar locations like every, almost every other state is doing. We do know also the the person who's going to be in charge of it for the lottery, uh, somebody we know we've been associated with from Nevada and UNLV, who really understands the gaming industry. Jennifer Roberts is is going to be involved. So that also that gives me hope that uh, that Tennessee's regulations and uh, how they how they monitor sports betting moving forward will actually be a little better than we had hoped so if you're listening out there and you have any influence in tennessee know if you push one leg of a parlay it is not a loss if you win the other side that that's not how that goes so let's not uh let's not do that let's get that change for uh for the good of your state in sports betting and stuff because uh, you're that's a bad that's a bad customer experience for sure no doubt about that guys as always head over to legalsportsreport.com if you want the full written breakdowns of all the stories that we are talking about here on the podcast and of course we have that handy dandy map where you can track everything that's going on in every single one of the states across this great country of ours and as we mentioned in the description below we'll drop in that link to the revenue page if you want to see how everything has been broken down across the various states month by month it is a really great resource and be sure and take advantage of that if you're interested from there please subscribe rate and review thanks to all of the new listeners here for dustin for adam i'm matt talk to you guys next week The go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45-minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment. So you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP. Meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Cabo meal, valid when product served. The go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45-minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment. So you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP. Meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Cabo meal, valid when product served. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.